Hi, everyone. Welcome to Strictly Money Weekly Insights, your go-to source for navigating your most important financial decisions. I'm Sejal Patel. In today's episode, I'm going to share five hard truths about financial wellness. Truths that not a lot of people are willing to talk about, but ones everyone needs to hear, especially if we want a shot at building prosperity, not just for ourselves, but also for our family and for our economy. Many of you listening have been following my work for years, and I'm so grateful for your support. Some of you, though, may have only recently come across this podcast because you saw a post or a friend recommended it, and you may not know a lot about me. So I wanted to take a moment to introduce myself and why I launched this Strictly Money podcast and why I started Sage Wealth Consulting six years ago, which is my financial education platform and consultancy business. You see, I've been in the financial industry for more than 20 years. I started in the financial advisory space, was an investment analyst, and spent about 12 years as a financial journalist for CNBC and Business News Network here in Canada. I love the world of finance. I know it bores the heck out of a lot of people, and you might just be one of them. You may think I'm a little crazy, but here's what I want you to understand. We live in a capitalistic world. Money absolutely matters to each and every one of us because without it, you and I can't survive, let alone thrive. Entrepreneurs and businesses need money. Governments need money. So wouldn't it make sense to understand how to manage money? Sounds logical, except that's where the problem lies. The problem that I saw 20 years ago and that I still see today is that 90% of people do not have the right financial education to understand how money works. So they don't know how to influence common sense policies that could actually create prosperity for more people. That's one. Those same people don't know enough to develop the skills to manage their own money well, so they achieve their life dreams. In fact, I think 90% might actually be a generous figure because very few people have been taught financial literacy. It's probably unlikely that you learned how to manage money well at home or at school. And the reality is, is that unless you purposely seek out a program or information to study personal finance, you won't know. And if you don't, you're likely muddling through thinking you think you know. But I promise you, I've been doing this for a very long time. There is a very high likelihood that you have financial gaps that you aren't even aware of. And that means, my friend, you are vulnerable to an unforeseen event or you're leaving potentially a lot of money on the table. I saw the writing on the wall 20 years ago. I saw people stressed over money and I still do. I saw people fight over it, being taken advantage over it. I could see the wealth gap growing with the financially literate on one side and the illiterate on the other. There's been this cone of silence where no one wants to talk about money. And for anyone who wants to learn more about it and how to manage their money well, well, they still face a lot of stupid, complicated jargon, which by the way, is completely unnecessary. Or they're dealing with piecemeal information and they become so overwhelmed, they don't do anything. Seven years ago, frankly, I didn't see anyone in the financial services industry taking financial education seriously. 
I certainly didn't see them taking women and their financial health seriously. So I decided if I care so much about this, that I better step up and put my money where my mouth is. And that's exactly what I did. I built a business that purely focuses on financial education. Fast forward to today, I've run hundreds of workshops for women and employees. I've worked with and consulted dozens of large financial firms globally, and I've had more than a thousand women go through my online financial programs exclusively designed for them. I've recorded more than a hundred of these Strictly Money shows that talk about financial issues Canadians care about, first on a small network, and recently, as many of you know, I moved this to a podcast format. I'm really proud of the work my team and I have done and the impact it has had. But I also know I'm only scratching the surface. It's just not enough. There's so much more that needs to be done. I figure if I can get a million more people to generally take an interest in their financial future, if I can work with more organizations to make financial education more accessible, if I can make talking about money and financial wellness the norm, instead of something that's secretive or is a stigma, then folks, we together will create a seismic shift in the right direction. Right then, as I said at the start, I wanna share the five hard truths about financial wellness that I believe not a lot of people are willing to talk about, but ones everyone needs to hear. The first hard truth is no one will care, nor should care, about your financial health more than you. Let me repeat this. No one will care, nor should care, about your financial health more than you. I want you to let that sink in, because it sounds obvious, and yet your actions could very well suggest otherwise. How many of you listening have delegated your financial responsibility to your partner or an advisor or a family member and you don't really know what's going on? Because if you have and you can't answer why they are doing what they are doing with your money and how it's going to meet your goals, then my friend, you believe someone else is responsible for your financial future more than you and you've given your power away. And here's why that would be a mistake. Because those people may not fully understand what matters to you. Their decisions may not be reflecting your values and your risk tolerance. And if you're delegating the management of your money to your partner, do you absolutely unequivocally know that they are qualified to do so? How can you be sure? I'll tell you this. If something goes wrong, you are the one that will feel the financial impact more than any of them. It's your money and it's your life. Now, I'm not saying you don't delegate your personal finances. In fact, smart, busy people do it all the time. But what I am saying is that if you do this, make sure you are doing it to someone who is qualified and experienced, who shares your views, and is most importantly, getting you involved, and that you are getting involved. You are the CEO of your financial future, and that means the buck stops with you. The second hard truth, and this one may surprise you, is that financial health has a lot less to do with education or one's socioeconomic status than you may think. I've been helping clients with their finances for a long time. I've literally talked to more than 10,000 people about their financial situation. The difference between those who are financially successful and happy 
And those who are not are, one, they have the right attitude and behaviors towards money. They respect it. Two, they have enough financial knowledge to know where to focus their energy and how to manage risk. And three, and this is probably the most important piece, is they take action. They incorporate habits like consistently paying themselves first, making saving a priority. They regularly invest and they have an actual financial plan that accounts for the future. I know lots of people who are considered middle class who have wealth and are secure. And I know lots of people who make a lot of money are university educated and they have negative net worth, meaning they have more debt than assets. They're bright and accomplished. But what I often see is that they've gotten overconfident that the money will just keep rolling in. They take stupid amount of unprotected risk and they haven't learned basic fundamentals of financial literacy because they've gotten too cocky and don't think they need it. So don't let anyone tell you that your financial situation or your current situation, whatever that may be, in some degree dictates your financial future. It doesn't. Small, consistent habits and a bit of humility goes a long way. Which brings me to the third hard truth, and that is everyone needs financial education. Everyone. I've received some pushback on this. <laughs> Messages from people who are living paycheck to paycheck and tell me that they don't need financial education. What they need is money. Now, I get that, but I'm about to burst your bubble. I've also heard from a lot of well-to-do people who have money, so they don't think they need education and ignore it. Let me address both. First of all, learning concepts and developing the right skills so you can use money to put a roof over your head or food on the table or enjoy vacations or whatever matters to you most is a no-brainer. I think you'd agree. But it's no longer as easy to do as it was 15 or 20 years ago. The economic and political environment has increasingly become complex. There's a lot of noise. And for most people, building wealth is becoming harder and harder. Financial education is the one tool you have where you're not dependent on policies to make the most out of your money so you can do more. But here's the key. The type of financial education you need will be different depending on your circumstances and priorities. When I'm asked to address women who have come out of shelters, I don't teach them how to create a personalized investment portfolio. They don't give a crap about that. Their priority is to build cash flow, get a well-paying job, get out of debt, but they still need the knowledge and the right tools to do this as effectively as possible. Because if they don't, they're vulnerable to taking on bad debt or a scam. On the flip side, when I dress high net worth individuals, I often find that their priority is to protect their wealth and tax strategies. They're thinking about leaving a legacy. They still require education, but it's obviously different. Here's what I want you to remember. I've never, ever met anyone who said, oh, Sage, I regret learning how to manage money. But I've met thousands who regret not learning how to manage money. Hard truth number four, you can't cut your way to wealth. Oh, I know plenty of people have tried. There are thousands of personal finance folks who tout budgeting and articles and websites that promise financial freedom and six-figure wealth by cutting out those lattes and whatever else. Now, expense control is important. 
Living beneath your means is crucial. So you're not going into debt. And so you have positive cash flow because without cash, you can't really accomplish much, can you? But it's not enough. There's a floor to how much you can cut. You need clothes, you need food, you need a roof over your head. The bigger reality is that expenses are rising much faster than wages. I don't have to tell you that because you've witnessed this in the past year or so and still seen the impact of inflation. But it's more than that. You see, the pool of what I call deemed necessities has blown up. Think about it. 15 or 20 years ago, we didn't need $800 smartphones for every member of the family. We didn't need laptops and internet. Cars and appliances lasted way longer. Housing was cheaper. The only way to get ahead of this is to focus on the revenue side of the equation. For some of you, that means investing in yourself so you get a higher paying job. But it also means investing and diversifying your income stream. I really want you to get this, especially if you're a woman listening to this, because women have been sold this belief that managing the household money is enough, and it's not. And now you know why. The last hard truth. There's nothing instant about being financially well. I hate to burst your bubble if you're crossing your fingers and hoping to God you win a lottery because the chances of a few hundred thousand dollars or a million bucks landing on your lap are slim. Being financially well is a culmination of consistent little habits. Like I said earlier, saving, paying yourself first, investing, and managing risk. It's a process. It's not a one and done thing. Although I will say that when you set up a comprehensive financial plan with the pieces in place, maintaining it actually requires very little energy. The challenge we face and why most people keep procrastinating in prioritizing their financial health is because we're living in a world where instant gratification and convenience is rewarded. You want Starbucks? Call ahead. Go through the drive-thru. You want something from Amazon? Get next day delivery without leaving your home. Wonderful. But let me assure you, my friend, accumulating money doesn't work like that. If you keep putting off planning for your retirement, if you are short money, if the economy or the stock market blows up, you can't magically come up with $100,000 or $500,000. And if you think any government has that kind of money to hand to you, think again. Most governments are knee deep in debt. So start today. Because I promise you, it's not as hard as you may think to build wealth. You don't need to go big or go home. Building some knowledge, listening to this podcast or other of your favorites, incorporating these conversations so they become a bigger part of your world means that if you're thinking about your finances, you're much more likely to do something positive about it. I hope you enjoyed this week's insights. Thank you for listening. And thank you for helping me make financial wellness go viral by sharing this podcast. I appreciate it more than you'll ever know.